Welcome, everyone. I'm Dale Clueless, and you're tuning into the Wednesday edition of the Berkshire Hathaway Podcast. And today we have on Realty Expert Adam Helgeson, and he'll be talking with us today right after this. What would tomorrow look like if you sold your house today? Maybe you'd move to a new city or a new country. Maybe you'd pick up birding or birdies. You could get into wine, not that into wine, or skiing, warmer skiing. Or maybe you'd spend more time doing nothing at all. When you're ready for whatever comes next, we'll be ready to help you get there. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Welcome back. We are here today with realty expert Adam Helgeson. Happy Wednesday to you. Hey, how you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Middle of the week, it's been a, well, I guess and I'm still getting used to the four-week rotation now that we got K- Caitlin in the mix here with you guys. So yeah. I, I think last week I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I think Adam's in, in, in this week. I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's Ben last week. So yeah. <laughs> I was afraid you getting used to the new four-week rotation. Nah, it's not too bad. You know, got to come up with some new material. So it gives us a little time to, you know, figure th- some things out. So yeah, it's not bad at all. Absolutely. Now, uh, I understand today we, we got a bunch of real estate lingo terms that uh, people may need to know when uh, just for buying and se- buying and selling. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of terminology out there that most homeowners or, you know, first time buyers or anyone that might not know or know the difference between them. Um, you know, for example, when you're searching for houses, you might see something that says active contingent, um, like active under contract our um, contingent inspection, um, those all mean different things. So active contingent, it kind of means the house is active, allowed to view, but it is contingent. They do have an accepted offer contingent on a house sale. It all depend on other factors, not yet yes. final, more or less. Yep. Now, active under contract means they have accepted an offer that's not contingent on you know, something else, but the seller wants to keep it active for backup offers. Okay. Now, if you see active contingent inspection, right, they haven't accepted offer, but they're waiting for the home inspection to be completed to make sure that the deal is going to keep moving forward. So, you know, those are some prime exam uh, examples. Um, could be just waiting to get the all, the all clear from the inspection there, and then they'll be good to go. Yep. So then it'll move from active contingent to pending. Um, once it's pending, that means all contingencies have been met and it's just pending closing. Um, you know, there may still be an appraisal or something out there, but um, that means pretty much all the, the initial contingencies have been met. Okay. So, um, another couple terms you may hear is addendum and amendment. I think uh, I'm familiar with a few couple of these kind of before, similar principles in the real estate world. Yep. So an addendum adds to a contract. So if you need to, um, you know, add in personal property, you will do an addendum adding to the contract. Now, if you need to change something in the initial contract, then you'd use an amendment because you're amending something in the contract. Um, kind of similar. No, I guess I don't want completely different things, but you, everyone's probably heard of, you know, amend, amending the constitution, obviously yep. being the, the go-to analogy there. Yep. So you're changing something mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. You know, so, yep. Um, another one is amateurization. Um, you will see this at closing. They give you a big document that shows all your payments. So if you were only to make the minimum payments over the 30 year term, I mean, it's kind of freaky looking. It scares the hell out of most people, but the, the amortization schedule of your payments and shows when you'll have it paid off and you can see what your, you know, 
house cost will be or you know i mean what your balance will be throughout the 30 years kind of goes over all the fine little numbers yep um, a lot of people know what the appraisal is right that's um the bank schedules the appraisal um, agents or clients have no choice on who they get um it's kind of a bank's way to cover their ass to make sure they're not lending you too much money, right? The appraiser's going to go out. They're going to look at condition. They're going to measure the size of the house. They're going to look at um, comparable sales comps, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, and make sure that you're not overpaying for the house because the bank can only give you, you know, as much as the appraised value, okay? Makes sense. Um, do you know what appreciation is? No, that's a new one. <laughs> All right. So appreciation is the value of growth of your house, right? It appreciates in value. Um, some depreciate. So it, it all depends upon you have to buy right and then take care of the house to make sure you have appreciation and value. A lot of people think, well, if I just buy a house and live in it for five years, it'll be worth more when I'm done. Well, not if you don't upkeep it, right? So Yeah, do the good old TLC to it there and make sure all the regular yep. maintenance is done. Yep, exactly. Um, another term you'll hear is clear title. So once you close on your house, you will get a title insurance policy. Um, sometimes you will have an actual abstract, which is really cool. The abstract is a list or history of everyone that's owned the property since the beginning. So I've been reading some of them in like 1863, no person of color shall ever own this property. I mean, just crazy crap in there. Oh, wow. Right? Just like completely of the time, of yes. just terms and phrasing. Yeah, <laughs> and you can see the ownership like, oh, and you know, 1902, they bought this land for $5, you know, or whatever. So it's, it's really cool. But here in the Grand Forks area after the 97 flood, a lot of them got ruined in the flood. A lot of lost records. Yep, a lot of lost records. So now they do a title insurance policy and... Part of the closing and using the title company is they make sure there's a clear title. So um, it's free of all liens and encumbrances and that type of stuff, which are words you probably have no clue, which I'm going to, you know. Oh, I'm, I'm here, here to learn today. Yeah, I, got my, exactly. I, got, I got my learning hat on. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, no, this is, this is actually, uh, this is, I was going to say, I'm ready for, I'm going to be ready for an exam after this. <laughs> there you go. Um, the closing is just that. It's the final review of all the documents, signing, reviewing everything. And once you sign those closing documents is the, when you get your keys. Um, closing costs, all right, there's, there's costs in buying or selling. Um, on the selling side, the closing costs are, you know, like the realtor's commissions. Uh, you do have like the settlement fee and stuff like that is split 50-50. So that's your, you don't have as much, the majority of your, your closing costs on the seller side is the, the real estate commissions. On the buyer side, you have all your, um, deed prep, you have your mortgage docs, you have your mortgage fees, which is like your origination fee. Um, and that's flexible. That's origination fee. Is I was just going to ask the origination fee. That's, that's what the, so the origination fee is what the lender charges to do all the paperwork. Okay. Um, and that is negotiable. People don't realize shopping for mortgages and lenders is just like shopping for a car. Um, I had a client the other day, they said their origination fee was 1.68% of the purchase price, and they quoted them an interest rate of 7.75. I'm like, holy crap. So I called a local lender that I know, and they like, no. We'll give them a 1% origination fee, and with their credit score, they can get a 6.1-something. So, I mean, that, that saved them 0.7% of the purchase price, which is, what, $700 per 100000 
right? Which doesn't seem like a much, but when you're buying a $300,000 house. Every little bit helps. Yeah, that's $2,100 right there. And then you figure almost oh, a percent and a quarter off the interest rate. Or not? No, not quite. It'd be, yeah, a percent and a quarter off the interest rate is going to be huge over that. So, yes, shop around. Um, Do you find that a lot of people are surprised as how much they can save just by asking a simple question? I'm like, oh, wow, this was negotiable? Yeah. <laughs> Yep, exactly. Um, so then the, when you hear the words commission, that's how agents get paid, of course. Um, all that's negotiable to when buying or selling. Uh, just keep in mind the agent's commission on, the, on, let's say you want me to sell your house, my commission, I pay for all the photography myself. So I have a professional photographer do everything, usually drone footage if needed. We do 3D walkthroughs. All the marketing I pay for, everything comes out of my pocket. Right. Plus the broker takes some and then it's the, the commissions are split 50 50 between the selling agent and buying agent. You're right. So those get whittled down quite a bit. Um, plus, I have a transaction coordinator that I pay to help make sure all my deals go smooth. They, she handles all the paperwork. Um, I remember there was one I closed the house in Twin Valley. It was a small little place. I got my real estate, my commission check. I made one hundred and sixty seven dollars. And I paid my real estate coordinator 150. So it's almost broke I, even. Almost there. I got 17 dollars more than she did. Wow. Right? So <laughs> I mean, you don't always make a killing. You know, it's more about helping the clients. Just kind of going above and beyond, just for all the all the great uh, realty experts over there, at Berkshire Hathaway, to make sure to make get the get help out the clients. I think that's awesome. Yep. Um, so we were talking about comps and comparable sales. Right. What that is, is when I go to price a house, I want to search for comparable sales in the area. And I hear it all the time from homeowners like, well, my neighbor's house, you know, two doors down sold for this. Okay. Well, that's a two story with a full basement and three car garage. You have a split level with a two car garage, right? Those are two totally separate houses. You want to look at age of the house. You want to look at style of the house. Ranch houses may sell more than two stories, right? Split levels may not sell as good. You know what I mean? So you have to look at similar houses in the similar demographic, right? Even in Grand Forks, there's a difference between, you know, over by campus, South Grand Forks and Riverside, right? You could have the same house in those three three locations and they're going to be priced totally different. All depending on a whole bunch of various factors. Yep. So that's when, when we talk about comps and comparable sales, we have to look specifically within the last, usually within the last six months, we can go to a year. Um, But even now, if you look in the last year with the market, in March, it was, you know, bad shit crazy with people paying over, you know, and now it's slowed down with the interest rates high. So even if you use a comp from March, right, you have to deduct, you know, use our expertise to deduct, okay, based on market trends now, you know what I mean? We have to deduct a little bit from the sales price to make sure it fits the local market now. And when people are kind of going through those X's and O's with you, we got all the proper resources to make sure it's all done, just all just totally like oh hey we got all like you said all your expertise all the proper software and everything get the numbers crunched accurately (laughs) yep exactly um now easements encroachments and encumbrances um a lot of people have no clue what those are so an easement let's say you buy a buy a property and you're along the main road and there's another property behind you right that has no road access. They have to have an easement. They have to have accessibility to their property. So there could be an easement on your property, giving them use of your property to get to theirs. Um, 
I, I was say, I'm actually familiar with someone who has property where they like through uh, backyard access. Like in order to get, they have to have shared backyard to get to one backyard to the other, just to, because of the way the property is laid out. Yeah, so that'd be an easement. Um, two, the city has them. Um, so, like, if you're going to build a fence, you need to check with the city to make sure there's no easements for water lines and the sewage and that type of stuff. Um, now, you can go against the city and build your fence over the easement, right? So you have a nice full backyard. But then if they ever need access to those that easement area, right, they will... They have right right of passage into it, more or less. Yeah, you may have to take your fence down to give them right of passage at, at your cost, okay? Um, an encroachment is when someone else's property violates you. Um, so, like, there's a dispute to one of my friends out of the lake. Their friend put up, they lived on Maple Lake, and they had, a, you know, a steep part of the hill, or their friend put up a big water slide, and it was, like, three feet on over the property line. Right, so that'd be an encroachment. There, you know what I mean. Take oh yeah, that's a, de- a definite, a definite encroachment. I, I think we've all yeah. probably heard stories over the years of uh, various uh, homeowners like, oh, this tree's gra- their branch is gradually a little leaning over, and this, this, yeah. and that. But that's like a major, major encroachment, like you listed right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then an encumbrance is something against the property. So, let's say um, you hired a guy to come remodel your house, and then he didn't pay him that contractor can put a lien against your property for that debt, right? That would be an encumbrance, um, you know, any claim against your property that restricts you from selling it. And that's where it's nice to have the title company do that so you can have a clear title. So when you're buying a place, you know. Um, An example of that is I had a a client who was buying a manufactured home, right? The guy who lived there bought the chunk of land cash, Purchased the manufactured home, had it moved in, built this big garage, whatever. It was nice. Come to find out when he came to sell, he never did a title search or whatever on the land he bought. He just paid cash for it, whatever. It was his. Well, here the previous owner had liens against that property. So now it's this guy's fault because the guy, the, the previous owner moved. So now the current seller had to pay off the previous owner's liens to be able to sell that property and, and move on with his life. And liens are like previous debts that they, they're responsible for or something previous about debts that? debts that they never paid that, you know what I mean, the, the, the debtor put a claim against their property, right? Mm-hmm. So you always want to make sure you get that clear title and you have, you know, clear ownership of that land before you sign. I was going to say, that would be a huge eye-opener. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. Um, another one is escrow. A lot of people don't realize what escrow is, um, and I'll end on this one. I have a lot more, um, but could do another part two here down the line. We could do a part two, um, but escrow. A lot of people don't realize is it's money when you're when you put in your house payment, right? You have money set aside for your homeowners insurance and your county taxes. So a lot of people get flustered because they look online and do a mortgage calculator where it's just your principal and interest, right? Your mortgage payment plus interest on that loan. And they don't keep in mind escrow, which is, you know what I mean? The bank is going to cover their ass and make sure that they collect your property taxes and your homeowner's insurance premium, right? Our money. So you, they know the house is insured and it's not going to get taken by the county, right? So 
That's what they call escrow. A lot of people think, oh, that's like a little savings account for me. If I need to do something, I can pull money out of escrow. No, that is the bank's money. They have an ability to fluctuate a little bit high, a little bit low of what they need to. Um, usually it's a little on the high side because your property taxes very rarely go down. They usually go up. So they want to make sure that there's enough money in there that they can cover your property taxes when they're due February 15th and your homeowner's insurance when that statement is due. Um, but they're only legally allowed to cover so much percentage over. So let's say your property taxes do go down. So like for me, I finally filed my veteran credit, right? Which dropped my property taxes, which dropped my escrow. Now I have an overance in my escrow. So the bank's cutting me a check. So for that extra that's in there. Oh, okay. Well, hey, that's not a bad yeah. deal there. <laughs> to, a, to adjust. They want, you know what I mean? They don't want to make sure they're taking too much. So your payment can fluctuate, your mortgage payment. It's not based on principal and interest because that's going to stay the same. It's based on your escrow payments, which is your, your county taxes and your homeowner's insurance. So if you throw in a, you know, an outdoor pool and now there's more liability, your homeowner's insurance is going to go up, which is going to make your escrow go up, which is going to make your ho- house payment go up. Does that make sense? Yep. It kind of just, so, they, they, they all go up accordingly together. Yep. Exactly. So, so we so, will do a part two on Friday, I think. That would be a good idea. Yeah, I think this is a great episode for everyone to, to bookmark, because uh, yeah. save for future reference, because yeah, a lot of these terms were uh, I either heard, heard rarely or just not much before altogether. But uh, I do know before we wrap up, there's a couple of uh, Halloween events upcoming with the Berkshire Hathaway. You kind of wanted to make sure to give everyone a reminder on. Yeah, exactly. All of our clients, um, we, we buy pumpkins every year. Um, so if you're one of our past clients, um, I've called a lot of them and let them know, but come by, let the front, uh, desk, Megan, front desk girl, Megan know, um, Hey, you're a past client. You want to grab a pumpkin, bring your kids, grab a couple pictures, whatever. Um, there's pumpkin pumpkins out front. I want to say there's probably like 20 left. Um, also we're doing a big trunk or treat event on Halloween day from like two to five 30. Uh, bring your kids out. We have different vendors that are going to be there. We're all going to be there um, hanging out, giving out some candy. So, is that the Berkshire Hathaway offices that, then? That's right out front, Berkshire Hathaway, right off 32nd Avenue. You can't miss it. All right. Well, before we wrap up today, Adam, what's the best way for everyone to reach out and contact you? Well, if you uh, have questions, I think we covered. I wanted me to talk to me about buying or selling a house. My cell number is 701 317-1750. You can check out my website, homesbyhelgeson.com, or call any of us real estate experts at Berkshire Hathaway, 746-0303. Awesome. Thank you very much, Adam. And that is a wrap to your Wednesday edition of the Berkshire Hathaway podcast. Many thanks to Adam Helgeson for joining us today. Many thanks to producer Paul, and we will be back with the next Berkshire Hathaway podcast Friday morning at 10. Until then, have a wonderful day and goodbye for now.